Welcome to the WCIA 3-in-1 Sports Podcast. I'm Brett Behrens, along with Craig Schott and Marley Weird are joining us once again remotely. I'm here in the studios on Neal Street in Champaign. They are at their apartments, guys. How we doing? We got the Tiger King and Brad Underwood joining us, right, Marley? Yeah, so this is, um, as you can see here, one of the scariest moments of my entire life when Illinois beats uh, number five Michigan at the time. And we were all, like all the photographers and videographers, we all expected there to be like a court storming. So once the game was over, we all kind of like inched in and started, you know, taking the court. And there was still like 0.01 seconds left on the clock. So Brad Underwood yelled at everyone. He looked me dead in the eyes, right into my skull. And, um... What did he say? Anything? He goes, look. <laughs> Get off the court! The game's not over! Just like that. That's so. fantastic. Good stuff. Craig is sporting the Tiger King. I cannot get really get into it. I've watched four episodes. It's all right. Craig, should we start calling you Tiger King now? No. <laughs> I don't want to be associated. I don't want to be associated in any way with Joe Exotic. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> what do you, you think of the show? Is it good? Do you like it? I mean, that's when I thought I'd seen it all. The show through something else out there and my jaw hit the floor even more um craziest seven episodes of any series probably i've ever watched yeah i talked to former line malcolm hill this week about it we talked maybe for like 20 minutes just about tiger king and did carol baskin do it and i yes. think that is like the debate of the the century i think a lot of people did but you know who, who knows i heard the case is getting reopened too because of the documentary Sources say we should probably get an investigation on that right away. I have maybe I'll have to go watch the rest of it tonight because I, like I said, I've only watched four episodes. The third one kind of bored me a little bit. About ready to turn it off. I watched the four, so I'll, I might have to give it another go tonight if you recommend it. Might as well. All right, we got a lot to talk about here coming up on the WCIA Three and One podcast. Hey, there's a little bit going on. I know we said sports are canceled, but we still have a lot going on here in Alina Nation and high school as well, guys. And that's where I want to start today as Governor Pritzker. It, we are taping at 4 o'clock on Friday, April 17th. Governor Pritzker announces about an hour and a half ago that schools will not reopen in-person learning this year. They're still going to do the online learning. This essentially cancels spring sports from the IHSA, but they are not going and saying that today. They want to meet on Tuesday the board of directors, executive director Craig Anderson cannot do this on his own. He needs the board of directors to say and approve the move to cancel spring sports. So at this point, it just seems like a formality. At this point, Craig, I think we all just expected this to happen. For me, I'm a little disappointed they didn't just do this today. They're going to keep this quote unquote hope open for a while. But we all know that the vote is coming Tuesday, right? Yeah, they're just delaying the inevitable. They've been doing it for the last two or three weeks. Um, I, there's just no way. Um, at this point, um, yeah, I, I don't even know if we're seeing progress with the, the coronavirus or COVID-19. But even if we were, I mean, these teams aren't just going to pick right back up and, and start the seasons. I mean, I don't know. I, I, just, I just don't think there's any way. And 
I kind of understand them holding out till the very end just to give those seniors some hope, but it's just delaying the inevitable, and I, and I know it's it's going to suck for all the seniors, but uh, there's just no other choice at this point. I think they just need to rip the Band-Aid off. Like, waiting until Tuesday is, like, still keeping the door open of what we all kind of already know what's going to happen. Uh, so I think they just need a flat... I don't know. I, I don't think they should have waited until next week. They should have just came out with the decision today when they, you know, announced that school was was going to be, you know, online for, for the rest of the year. And the IHSA released a statement in part saying that they expect this to come on Tuesday. Look, there's no way it can't come Tuesday at this point. And I guess that's the thing that I don't understand of waiting until then. Why not have your board of directors ready to go today? You knew Governor Pritzker was going to announce this today, that schools will not be back in session in person. To me, it just looks bad on the IHSA's part that, you know, they're waiting until Tuesday. There's nothing to wait for. It's today's news. Just like you said, Marley, ripped the Band-Aid off. That's exactly the first thing I thought of when I was told earlier that this wasn't going to happen today formally. Informally, I think we all know. Even the statement from Craig Anderson says, yes, by the fact of Governor Pritzker, you know, not having school back in session in person this year, that is going to make it essentially impossible for us to have high school sports. And I feel terrible for these kids, but it's everyone is in the same boat together. And these kids are not going to get their high school season back, like unlike the college kids that have that opportunity, or at least some of them do, you know, but it is what it is at this point, you know, and, and Craig, you mentioned, look, today was the worst day yet. And it, that's, I think that's going to happen for a couple more weeks, even that these cases are going to continue to rise. The deaths are going to continue to rise. And we're going to, maybe we're flattening the curve a little bit, but like we're still on the upward trend of this. And that's where I start to think of even now about the fall. I mean, Craig, do you see us starting football on August 28th or whatever day it is, that last Friday in August? Like, I just, I can't see high school football and, and all high school sports. I mean, golf starts like the second week competition. Golf starts like the second week of August. I, I can't fathom that right now of us being at that place. Yeah, I think, and we kind of saw this when everything started to get shut down, is that it starts from the top and trickles down. Like the NBA was the first league to cancel and postpone. So when college football, I think it was Chris Fowler, said something last week that he could see college football starting in February. Um, when, when the professional leagues are talking about starting that late or maybe not having anything the rest of 2020 I don't understand how high school leagues can um, think that they're going to get something in before June I, it just doesn't make sense um, and I, I understand why they didn't say anything today because again they have to have the board meeting and all that stuff but um, I, I just I just don't see anything happening soon professional golf they're, the PGA Tour said they're going to start in the middle of June and I talked to Nick Hardy um, a couple of weeks ago about golf potentially coming back early. And uh, we were both kind of in the same boat that golf is one sport that it's very individual and you don't have to be close to anyone. So if you don't have fans there, there's little to no human interaction. So I understand golf getting started back up, maybe the first sport to come back. But these other sports where guys are banging in the post for basketball or football where you're tackling and and all that stuff. Baseball's a little bit uh, spread out, but you're still touching the same baseball and all of that stuff. But I just don't see until 
we have control of this virus. I don't see anything coming back anytime soon. And that's where I'm kind of in the same boat now of looking towards August and thinking, uh, look, I hope we can get to that point. I hope that there's antibodies, tests, and all of that where all of a sudden, you know, we can distinguish who has had it, who's been exposed to it, who is good, who is not. But there's just so many question marks in that. And in one sense, Marley, August seems like a long time from now. And in the other sense, it really doesn't. Like, it's not that far away when you have to consider all the preparation that goes into it all the summer camps, all of the practices leading up to it. It's not like we're just going to be able to flip the switch, not only on high school, but you know, professional sports as well. You know, and, and we're going to be back to good playing competition. So, so how worried are you, Molly, about, about even August being into consideration, consideration now with delaying high school football or all the other high school sports? Yeah, I think as quickly as everything happened, I think it's going to be that much slower getting us out of it. Um, just because I feel like even it's just going to take a very long time for life to get back um, to normal. You know, maybe the first step is, okay, um, basketball games, football games being played without fans and then slowly, you know, starting to work in more and more people, whether it be the crowds or the coaching staff or allowing media or whatever it may be. But I think that process is going to be very low and slow and just even from like a social standpoint you know like in in our everyday lives like the second that they announce you know restaurants are going to be back open i don't think that um they're gonna you know be allowing 150 people into a restaurant there's gonna maybe have to be like occupancy limits and i think before we can get back to like if, if they just like you know open everything back up and and sports go on as normal it's gonna be it's gonna be a free-for-all and i think um, it's going to be slow for us to, to get out of this, unfortunately, and, and back to normal. I mean, Craig, how good do you feel about going to a movie or going out to eat or to a bar or whatever it may be here by, let's just say, June 1? If you know the country opens back up and the state opens back up, how quickly will you be willing to go out into public where you're around other people? I won't. If it's June 1, there's, I'm, I would not do that. If we're seeing progress, I could, I would definitely get together with friends or family of the, uh, you know, we're, at first it was, you know, no groups bigger than 10, and I think that still might be the case, but um, I, I would meet with close personal people that I trust. I don't, it's going to take a while for me to go have a drink at a bar after uh, a day of work or something like that. It's going to take a while. I'm, I'm going to need to see that um, you know we've got this under control and that the spread is contained before I go out in public and, and do anything like that. I agree, and I think it's going to be the numbers for me and my kids and my family. You know, if there's not any more cases in Champaign County, I'm certainly going to feel better. I don't think you're going to be 100% guaranteed that you're not going to get it because you never are. It's not the type of world we live in. But if the numbers are showing wherever you're going in the county and town that there aren't many cases and that the deaths have fallen off. I'm going to feel better about that, but you know, I'm not going to feel great in a crowded public bus or something, or even in an airplane. I mean, an airport seems like a terrible place to be in all this. What do you think, Marley? Yeah, I definitely don't think I would want to be um, in an airport. Um, like, I just know people that have been flying during this time. They've been like probably one or one of two people on the plane. Um, 
I don't know. I just think like everything is still growing. So until you know we see some kind of decline in this, like we're not gonna be able to get back to normal anytime soon. And it's unfortunate for us, for us sports people, and just like the world as it is. I mean, we're I I'm very fortunate in the sense that you know I'm I'm still healthy, and you know there's a lot of people that are being impacted a whole lot worse um, from this. But um, I it's it's so hard that in a sense that you can't control what other people do so if you know other people in the world are taking the right precautions to you know social distance or wash their hands it, it's hard um it's going to be hard to, co- to control it and, and get back to, to the life that we were used to, to living yeah and i think that's one thing that is ultimately going to be out of all of this the case is that life is going to be different in some form or fashion for the foreseeable future i think we're going to see a lot more people paying attention to public health a lot more people washing their hands, hopefully, and, and just being cognizant of where they're at and, and how they're living. And maybe that's a positive that we can take out of all of this. I, I hate that we've all uh, been affected by it. I, I hate that there's so many lives that have been lost because of this. But, you know, it's just 2020 in the day and age that we're living in. And all of this certainly affects the NBA draft. And I want to turn our conversation to that with Io DeSumo announcing this week that he is entering his name in the NBA draft and declaring for it, whenever that may be. Curious your guys' thoughts on this because I think we all expected it, at least I did, when he announced it. I think we all expect a a nice video. He did that as well, and Io's always been creative in in whatever he was going to do. I think maybe the only thing Io hasn't been creative, Craig, was when he announced his commitment because he just walked out in an Illinois shirt. (laughs) Everything past that has been pretty creative from Io and his camp. Was he the one that had like the eight-minute video right before that, though? Him and Adam both had a long oh, video. Yeah, I Io. Very similar. Io did but, too. Um, yeah, it wasn't quite as long as Adam's. But then, you know, for Io, he just walked out Marley in a shirt. That was it, and it was a white shirt. I, yeah. I think, if yeah, I remember white right, with right. The blue eye. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's expected. Um, he, he said all along that this was the goal. Um, and is he ready? I would take a chance on him. I mean, I think he certainly got the talent, but um, for some reason, I just this. I guess this is how disconnected I am with the NBA. He's in the latest ESPN mock draft. He's not even draft, uh, He's not even in the top sixty. The first two rounds, well, the only two rounds. So I just I think the NBA nowadays is just looking for projects. If you're not a lottery pick, they're taking flyers on these projects that could be good when they haven't really shown anything. So. I don't know. I, th- I think he probably stays in. Um, is it the right choice? I don't know. People would love to see. If he comes back, um, if he goes back to Illinois for a junior, not even necessarily a junior, senior year, if he just comes back for his junior year, he can be put up there with the D Browns and the Darren Williams and all those type of names with the Illinois basketball. But, um, but yeah, it's expected and um, – good for him I mean it, it's um, a move that he's been wanting to make and his family's wanted him to make and he did his job in Illinois unfortunately we didn't get to see him in the NCAA tournament but we would have if it wasn't for this virus so um, yeah I was I was I was almost surprised because when he came out before he came out with the video he had tweeted um, like Orange Crush and Illini Nation like check your phones and to me I was like, okay, he's talking to the fans, like, he he's probably coming back, but then he kind of, you know, released um, his video 
video, which wasn't the, the video I was kind of anticipating. I was expecting more of like a hyped up, like highlight reel type thing. And I mean, the one that he made when he announced that he was coming back uh, for a sophomore season was like very dramatic, very cinematic. And this one was just very simple. Like for our listeners who didn't see it, which I'm assuming most people did, he kind of like did a screen recording with his phone as if he was like texting with um, like the Orange Crush and, and the fans. And, you know, he just kind of said like, you know, thanks guys, but I'm entering my name in the um, NBA draft. And it was cool because then, you know, the, the Orange Crush or whatever replied and they're like, oh, well, you know, what about what's going on in the world? Like, why now? And he's like, no, I got to take take my chance. It was it was really creative. I like how he did it. I, it's something that I really haven't um, seen before, but it wasn't the type of, you know, announcement that I was expecting from him. He always does something with flair. So does Adam Miller. And we did not hear anything from Adam this week. Did not tweet or Instagram anything about his signing or even hinting that he may sign at some point in the future. Craig, what do you think about Adam Miller? Is, is he going to get this done at some point here? Or do you foresee him extending this out for some odd reason? Um, I think it's going to be extended out, but I think there's a reason. Um, he wants to see what Iowa's going to do. If Iowa keeps his name in, um, the talk is that Adam's not going to come here. He doesn't want to come here and play with Io. Now, no one has – he has never said that, but that's kind of the talk that everyone's been uh, been fed is that him – he wants to make sure that there's a role for him, and if Io comes back, that obviously eats up minutes that would probably go to Adam. So um, – yeah, he's got a while to sign, and I think you said, as you said last night on air or somewhere, um, he doesn't even have to sign a letter of intent if he doesn't if it gets past the day. So he's got plenty of time to make a decision here. So I I think if I was a betting man, I would say we're not going to see Adam Miller sign anything for a while. But would that be the worst thing in the world? to do I mean okay let's say Io comes back Adam Miller um you know signs and he comes to Illinois even if they're both on the same team I don't necessarily think that would like ruin all opportunity for Adam Miller I mean granted everyone's entitled to their their own decisions but I feel like I would kind of almost want to be in a position where I I would sort of have to like compete for a spot you know he's already built up such um like a, a strong love with the Illini fan base because of his commitment and then to kind of like if he you know decides to go somewhere else then I, not that it looks bad but um, I, I just don't I, I don't know and I think too um, it, it makes you wonder if he's you know in contact with other coaches like what is his what is his plan B you know or could there be you know another coach that comes in and, and swoops and takes him and offers him something better granted there's so much uncertainty with the Illinois program right now I kind of think that even if Io does come back his role is going to be there because Alan Griffin left you know had Alan Griffin not transferred then maybe he doesn't see himself you know as being a big of a contributor but for me without Alan Griffin there I think he's got a role from day one and that's up to him to come in and, and earn that now I do think there is a little bit of a you know I don't know it's maybe not the most kosher thing in the world to keep the coaches waiting here 
and he's going to have his spot, right? When you're when you're a top forty guy, you have leverage, and he knows that, and that's fine. You can have that, and I'm all about a college kid or a high school kid having some say and having some more power in that sense, because so much of the time it just goes to the coaches. So I love when players use what they have and, and have leverage and, and have a voice. I think that's the biggest thing, especially in college athletics. We talk about that so much of players not having a voice. But at the same point, don't you think Brad Underwood is like, hey, if you're going to sign, sign. If you're not, okay, but why are you not? I, there, there's Like you said, Craig, there's a reason behind everything. Maybe he is waiting on I.O., and it's as simple as that. But my problem, and I'm sure Brad Underwood's problem becomes, what if the NBA draft is not till August 15th? Let's just put a date out there. What are we going to do then? You know, how, how does Brad Underwood navigate that in terms of his program and, and what he's trying to bring in? And for if let's just say if Adam Miller does not come, which he's not given any indication that he would not come. His Twitter still says Illinois commit. He's got an orange heart on there. I checked it earlier today. You know, he seems to be all in on Illinois. And at this point, I fully expect him to sign with Illinois. If he didn't, it would surprise me more than, you know, if he did sign with Illinois. So there's been no indication that he wouldn't because he said that. The part, Craig, that leaves everyone guessing and and second guessing is the fact that he says, I'm 100 or 110% committed, but I'm keeping my options open. Well, Adam, what does that mean? I think it's fair for Alana Nation to say, well, if you're 100% committed, then sign. I think that's fair at the same point, too. I mean, he's he's said that he's coming to Illinois, but when you leave the door open, I'm, I'm keeping all my options open. Uh, look, Adam, you, you can't have it both ways, you know, and, and I, don't, I don't think that's unfair for Illinois fans to question that either. Yeah, uh, but while we are talking recruiting here, I think we have our first breaking news for the podcast. Nice. Luke, Luke Goody, I think is his last name. Luke Goody, G-O-O-D-E. yeah. He just committed to Illinois. That's the first commit of the 2021 class. Love some breaking news here on the 3-in-1 podcast. That's great. A 6'5 guard from Fort Wayne, Indiana. So top 100 player um, for Illinois, the first commit of the 2021 class. So while we're on recruiting, we'll throw that in. Yeah, I love it. Love some breaking news here because it's always fun when we're taping. So at 4... 4.15 on Friday, April 17th, we got some breaking news that Luke Goody is committed to Illinois, and I think it's a great get. There hasn't been many players from Indiana. Uh, the last one I can think of is Jalen Coleman-Lands to come to Illinois. I don't think he had a Purdue or Indiana offer. Craig, you might want to check that, but uh, I think he's... I have his page up right now. He has a Butler offer. Um, no offer from Indiana or Purdue. Interesting. Illinois wants him, though, and I know they've been recruiting him pretty hard. So I think more important than anything, they have a 2021 guy because I know they've been pushing for that. And Brad had been talking about that, of, of how you know they want to continue to look past 2020. There's still a lot of holes for next season, right? I mean, there's still a lot of uncertainties for what could be or what couldn't be. If Kofi comes back, if, if Miller does sign, if Io comes back. But I think, I think it, it shows, shows some progress, right, right that at least they've got, got a 21 commit already in the can here. Yeah, for sure. And um, to your point earlier, our buddy Jeremy Warner over at Illini Inquirer said he is only the second Indiana native to join Illini since 1985, the other being Jalen Coleman-Lance. Wow, okay. Because you'd have to think, I mean, think of the basketball in Indiana, between Indiana, Purdue, Butler, Notre Dame. I mean, even, you know, your lower level schools like in Evansville or 
IPFW. I mean, there's a lot of good basketball in Indiana, and it, you yeah. know the talent spread across there, the state. So you know, good for Brad Underwood to kind of stretch the net and get an Indiana guy. That was also a Stephen Gentry recruit, so I think that might be his first since joining the um, assistant coaching staff last year. Okay. Wow. Good stuff. All right. So Illinois. Adding a player here to 2021, well before they even have 2020 figured out, but that's why those coaches get paid so much money and, and why uh, you know they do what they do, which is absolutely crazy to begin with. There's zero chance I'd ever want to be a college coach and bet my whole career on 18-year-old decisions, but I digress. Uh, so uh, where, where were we at before that, Craig? I don't even remember what we were talking uh, about. We were talking, talking more Adam Miller. Okay, yeah, and, and Adam Cumming. Um, any final thoughts on that? You know, before we move on, I, I just I think it's it's odd in a sense. There's a reason behind it, obviously, and he hasn't said that publicly, and it's his right to, to choose not to say anything. I, we've reached out. I, I haven't heard anything from Adam back, so you know I, I don't have anything to add there. I don't know anything other than that. Um, but you know, it's Adam's world, and I guess we're all just hanging on here. Absolutely. Sorry. I'm- tweeting out that we are uh, recording a podcast right now and we'll break down the commitment <laughs> coming up. Um, I, I like what you said. Um, I like what Brett said earlier um, uh, regarding Adam that now that Alan's gone, he has a role. I hadn't thought of that. And that's a very good point that I think they're similar players. Adam can shoot the ball from three and with him gone, I think, I mean, look, Adam Miller's good enough. He's going to come in and he's going to play even if Alan and Iowa both were here. I think he would play, but maybe not as much. Um, but I, I like what Brett said about having um, Allen gone, that Adam could come in and play right away. And I, I think maybe we're realizing, too, with, like, this whole situation is, like, what is Adam Miller prioritizing? You know, is he prioritizing that he wants to be, uh, you know, the, the top scorer? He wants to, you know be a starter does he want to be you know the star on the team or does he want to be a part of of a championship team and I think you know if Io comes back and Adam Miller comes to the Illini as well like they would kind of be unstoppable I don't think that would be you know the worst I mean maybe it would not be as good for Adam Miller in a sense that okay maybe Io gets more of the spotlight but I just think it would be better overall for the team Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, that's a top three or four backcourt in the Big Ten, and and certainly one of the best backcourts in the country. If if they come back, if if Io returns and Adam Miller does come, and Andre Carbello is here as well, which he's already signed. Look, that's the best backcourt since '05, and it's not even close. You know, they could be really, really dangerous. And if if you had Kofi on top of that as well, now we're talking about a legitimate Big Ten title team to start the year. And that'd be a lot of fun for Alana Nation. Now, do I expect that to happen? Probably not, because I don't think Io's coming back. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, Craig, like you mentioned earlier, it would not surprise me if, if Adam doesn't sign an NLI. Because you don't have to anymore. I mean, that's not the expectation. You can come in and you can just sign a financial aid tender and call it good and show up on campus. I mean, he could not say anything publicly, show up on campus, let's say, whenever they get back, if they do get back. For the fall semester. I think that's a valid point as well. And a question, are, are students going to be back on September 3rd or whatever day that, you know, this fall semester is supposed to start? I'm not sure that that's going to be the case. And if that's not the case, we're going to, we're not going to have any football, but to the point, Adam Miller could just show up, sign a financial aid tender and, and be ready to go. And that complicates things as well in terms of, 
you know, normally there's summer workouts, there's summer classes, all of that, you know, at this point he's not going to be involved in any of that if he doesn't sign an NLI. Adam Miller, though, does win the Mr. Basketball Award. Uh, Marley, did this surprise you at all that he won today considering that DJ Stewart's a five-star Duke signee? I don't follow like the high school basketball scene up there too much, but um, I don't know. I mean, with Adam Miller, I don't know. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't surprise me either way. Craig, what about for you? You know, he's an Illinois Gatorade Player of the Year. He's won that back-to-back years. Averaged some really good numbers. He was like twenty-four points a game, six rebounds a game. Uh, you know, four assists a game. I think it was, but. That Duke poll is pretty strong, and DJ Stewart also gets the All America nod when, you know, Adam Miller doesn't. What would you take of seeing that today? Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I don't think you, I don't, I don't think you can go wrong either way. Uh, but normally, when it comes to um, a guy who's committed to Illinois versus a guy who's committed to Duke, with awards like this, normally it goes to the guy that's committed to the more prestigious program. And, and that would be Duke. But good for Adam for winning this, um, along with the two-time Gatorade Player of the Year and, and the Jordan, I think it was the Jordan Classic. Was he going to play in that? Yeah, Jordan Brand Classic selection for, yeah, for him Classic. as well. And that would have been fun because Carbello was on the international team, so they would have played against each other. But uh, yep. that game's been canceled as well. The, the one thing that surprised me, though, and I don't know if you guys look into this, but the, the vote totals. He won, like, with... Um, I think it was three votes, wasn't it? What? I think it was three votes was all the difference. Yeah, it was a close vote, but just the total, and maybe I'm reading this completely wrong, but EJ Liddell received 506 points last year, and he won it. And Adam Miller received 143 this year, and he won it. Yeah. So I don't know if that's just less people, that many less people voting or what, but that's what surprised me was that he won with... 140 points and I think it was spread out a little bit differently as well if I remember right EJ was a clear-cut slam dunk last year for winning the award and I don't know if it was you know it was obviously split this year because if he had a, both had like 140 one had I think Adam had 143 something like that and so that vote is split you, you also, also had Max, Max Christie there, there as well and I think you know he's, he's the, the next <coughs> excuse me he's next year's big-time blue blood blood recruit. So, So, you know, I I think it was a little bit different this year. I didn't get a ballot. Usually we do. Did you get a ballot, Craig? No, normally they email them out, and I I did not receive one this year. Yeah, I didn't either. So I thought that was a little bit weird, and maybe they just didn't send out as many this year. That that could be a possibility as well. The Chicago Tribune puts all that together. And so, you know, this has nothing to do with the IHSA or anything. It's just the Tribune and and how they see it, and, and whoever their voting members are. And we have been part of that in the past, and maybe it went to a junk mail or something, I'm not sure, but I did not see that this year in terms of that ballot form. So, crazy Before times. Before we on that, though, um, a quick shout-out to Connor Heaton. He tied for 10th. Yeah, I think that's great. He was the only area player, if I remember right, that had any sort yep. of you know nomination in that. So... Uh, great for Connor to do that, and, and he commits to Illinois Wesleyan, which I think most people probably assumed he was going to do. I think they've been at almost every game this year, or a lot of games, certainly all of them in the postseason. I think you had said in your Player of the Year piece, Craig. And so, you know, good for Connor because that look, 
those awards go to Chicago guys through and through most of the time. I mean, EJ was the back-to-back champion the last two years prior to Adam winning. I thought he was pretty easy choice, you know, Ohio State guy. But even that's Metro East. There hasn't been a downstate guy win it in a long time. I don't know if you have those numbers up, Craig. It's on our website. I posted all the winners on there, and I, I should have looked at that earlier. But, you know, this, this is traditionally a Chicago award. And, look, that's where most of the talent is. I get that. But, you know, to have a, a downstate guy even be in the top ten, I think is pretty significant, and Connor should feel great about that. Yeah, we uh, – so the last Chicago player to win it was actually 2016. That would be Charlie Moore. Because you had EJ the last two, and the year before that, you had Mark Smith, Edwardsville. Yeah, still Metro East. When's the not? When's Metro the last East. non-Metro East or Chicago guy to win it? Um, 2004 from Peoria, Sean Livingston. Hey, he was decent. He was pretty good. <laughs> and then they're from 97 to 2000. You had non-Chicago. Yeah, that was the Peoria pipeline, right? Sure. I mean, there was a lot of talent coming out of Peoria those years. So not a big surprise there. But, okay, so it's been since 2004 that a non-Metro Eastern Chicago guy, you know, hasn't won yep. the award. And, and that really doesn't surprise me that much. I mean, it's just kind of how that shakes out with all the talent that's in Chicago. And there's been a lot of it. When you look at these awards and who's won these things, man, that's a lot of talent on that list. A lot of good NBA talent. Yeah, Brian Cook, 1999, Lincoln. Out of Lincoln, yeah. And that was probably a steal, too, because there's probably a Chicago guy. I mean, you could name a Chicago guy every year out of that, I'm sure, that, you know, was deserving of it. So anytime any downstate guys get recognition in that, I I think it's really a feather in the cap because, you know, so much of the awards either go to Metro East or Chicago. But crazy times we're in right now, guys. I mean, I, I don't know. For me, it's really starting to set in. It's been five weeks now, five and a half weeks, I guess, of this new normal, so to speak, you know, and it really is just starting for me to set in like this is the reality. And there was a little bit of a reprieve with the PGA Tour announcing this week that they're going to restart or or plan to. I'm very curious to see how that's going to play out and how it's going to work, not just from a player side and a caddy side, what's, you know, in competition, but everything up leading up into it. That's what I'm most interested in. How are they going to test all of that? How are they going to test the players every day? Are they going to quarantine them? Are they going to do all of these things that we've heard these other organizations talking about, whether that's baseball being played in Arizona, whether that's the NBA in Las Vegas or, you know, any of the other leagues that are trying to do anything. What did I see about the MMA that, you know, they're trying to rent an island or something? I mean, you know, just going anywhere and everywhere and investigating everything to try and get sports back into our world uh but you know i don't know it's just there's so many unknowns and that's what has me very very curious about the future and i feel it's hard in a sense too because no one can really like turn to anyone and look like hey what do we do in this situation because like this has never ever really happened before uh i mean in in my lifetime or you know whoever else uh and i think too is like what are you know going to be like this is going to take a lot of money if they are let's say you know testing players every day or you know before you know players come into the gym or whatever it may be like that's going to take a lot of money which doesn't really exist right now because so many organizations and franchises and um, are, are losing money as a result of sports not being in our world. So it's 
kind of a matter of like, oh, can we afford, you know, to do this in a sense? Craig, any thoughts on that? I mean, I, I'm just waiting to see what happens. I keep looking at the countries in Europe and how long theirs lasted and how they're coming out of it, just waiting to see waiting to see a decline. And they are declining over there in Europe, I think. I, that's what I was doing when I was being quiet. I was looking up like cases over in, in Europe. But um, I, I'm just waiting to see... I'm, I'm just waiting for things to start getting better or um, for there to be like, all right, I think we have a cure. And they think we have, like, if you if we take this, I don't know. I'm just kind of waiting for some good news regarding it all. And I don't know. Uh, I think golf coming back, I think it'll work, honestly, and I think it'll help. But I'm just kind of waiting. Yeah, I think I saw something about, um, like, pro basketball in China starting back up in in june or july which might give you know the nba some hope but yet again like china was one of the first like that's where the the outbreak started and they've been you know way ahead of europe and way ahead of the united states so i mean i i don't know i don't see it yeah, and Marley, you mentioned this has never happened before in our lifetime. I mean, back in, what, 1917, 18 with the Spanish flu, but we have to think the world was so different then. You know, people weren't boarding planes to travel across the world or even across the country. And so, you know, there's just never, this has never truly happened with this day and age in society and technology that we have right now. And so, you know, it's going to take a lot of patience. I think that's the biggest thing is it's not going to, you know, we'd said that, Five weeks ago, that it, it wasn't going to be a two-week thing, and it's not, not going to be a two-month thing. And look, look, the effects of this are going to be a two-year-plus thing. thing. I think we're going to be feeling the effects of this for a long time, and how we navigate it, and how we create these new normals, and, and what we become of all of this as uh, individuals, as a country, as a world. You know, you hope they can bring this to people together. We can learn from this, and, and like I said earlier, you just feel terrible for the people that have lost lives because of this, lost loved ones. That people that are affected by this in so many different ways, including, you know, financially and uh, just everything. People that don't have jobs right now, you know, that are furloughed or whatnot. And so, uh, you know, sports out of all of that seem to take a back seat so much of the time. But man, I, I'm itching for some sports back, and that's where I'm excited for this weekend. You know, I'm, hey, I might not watch the end of the Tiger King series, but I'm going to be watching uh, the, the Last Dance from ESPN and Michael Jordan and the Bulls in the '90s. Uh, Marley, tell me again what year were you born? Do you want to know? Not really, but tell me. 96. 96, okay. Craig, what year were you born? 90. Okay, I'm 87. So I was 10 in 97. I do remember the Bulls playing. I got a picture and a poster of Michael Jordan that hung up in my bedroom wall when I was little. It's still out, out in my garage now. The wife doesn't let me hang it in the house, but it's out in the garage with all, a lot of the other memorabilia stuff that I have. And man, I'm just so looking forward to this. I feel like ESPN struck gold. They weren't gonna release this till when? Maybe the fall or summer, I think it was? Uh, June, okay. They are smart as can be to get this out now because I think people are hungry for sports anything right now, and especially if it has to do with Michael Jordan. And I had heard on the Dan Patrick Show earlier today that they're not even done with the final three or four episodes yet. They got six made. 
they're still working on the other three or four. They're going to be released here sporadically throughout the next uh, month or two. But that's watching that trailer today, this morning, the first five minutes of it came out. Man, that brought that brought back some big time memories for me. And and I wasn't even a huge NBA fan at that point. You know, I mean, I loved Michael Jordan and everything that he did. It's not like I was glued to the TV as a seven, eight, nine, ten year old. But you know, I have vivid memories of watching playoff games for sure. That intro, I mean, there may be nothing in this world that makes my hair stand up faster, you know, or, or just get more excited than that Ray Clay intro, you know, with the Bulls, Craig. I, you would remember that, I think. Dude, that, I don't know, for me, that's just so much nostalgia with childhood and playing in the front yard and on the basketball hoop in the driveway, you know, pretending like you're MJ or Scotty or Tony or Dennis or whatever it was, man. That's, I, I'm getting pumped up just sitting here thinking about it. I could see Brad Barron's imitating Dennis Rodman. <laughs> the worm. <laughs> no, I I remember um, that that second three peat is like one of my first basketball memories. Like I remember watching Michael hit that step back on Brian Russell, where he kind of shows him past him. I remember watching that um, where I was and everything. So that's like the start of my sports fandom was that second three-piece for the Bulls. So, um, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to this as well. That five-minute trailer that they released today, like I was sitting on the edge of my seat every word, and I've already learned some stuff that I didn't know before in just that five minutes. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing this 10-part series, and I think it's going to be really well done. Yeah, I feel like I'm almost excited to, like, learn more about Michael Jordan, because, like, not to make you guys feel old or anything, but, like, I grew up in more of, like, the LeBron James era of, like, that he was more of, like, my player that I watched growing up, Um, and I think, too, when people, you know, are like, okay, the MJ, like, LeBron James debate, I always take uh, LeBron, so I'm just, like, I, I don't know, I'm curious to know more of, like, the history of Michael Jordan. Obviously, I know a lot about him as it is, but um, I just kind of want to um, feel, I guess, some of the the feelings you guys have when, like, you watched him, you know, play. And I don't know. Being from Illinois, you too, is probably I don't know. It's it's more of a fandom for you guys than than it is for me. But I'm excited. How old were you, Marley, when LeBron was in Miami? You were like junior high, in, high school. Yeah, I was in high school. Yeah, so that was like, you know, that was that was a peak for me. Those were the good times. The big three, man. That's good stuff. Yeah, for me, it was all about Jordan and, and Craig, too. Craig, do you relate more to Jordan or LeBron? Probably relate more to LeBron's era, even. Because, um, like, what, 90, 98 was that championship. I was eight years old. Yeah. And then... Y'all forget, you probably don't forget, Jordan came back, played for the Wizards, but even then I was 12 years old. So he, he was retired when I was 13. So I'm more of a LeBron era type of guy, and honestly I'm a LeBron guy over MJ anyways, but I yeah, still and, love Michael. And that's fine because I think we all have different eras, right? I mean, you look back at the history of basketball and, and growing up, different people will tell you different things you know, about who their guy was, you know, before MJ, you know, Larry Bird, and you go back and Bill Russell and, 
you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and all these guys, I think everyone had their idol that they looked up to depending on what era you were in. The part that's kind of fascinated for me, because I'm a media nerd, is all of the media clips into that. I would love to go back and watch how TV was done back then, how the media covered these teams. I mean, I put myself, when I watch these documentaries, into the media, and because that's what we do, right? And so, how would I cover that? What would that be like to be in those moments, you know, and to be covering those games and covering those eras? Because I... Out of all of this, whatever team I cover, I try and put it into perspective of this is history, and good or bad, they're making history. Now, we've seen a lot of bad basketball in Illinois the last decade and, and covering that, but that's still a part of the history of, of a program. And so I'm looking forward to seeing that, you know, and I'm sure they're going to have a bunch of old clips in there from the Chicago media, national media, whatever it may be. You know, I just think of if you are a media member, from 1990 to 2000 in Chicago, how much fun that would have been. I think we, I know we didn't cover it, but other media in Champaign can liken it to the 2005 0405 team. I mean, how much different that was than what we've covered the last five years, you know? No doubt about it. And, you know, I think when we keep that perspective of whatever it is, good or bad, you know, you know, it, it helps shape it, and it, it certainly helps enjoy, enjoy it more, you know, and I think you can convey that joy to the fans, but, you know, when you when I go back and watch those 05 tapes and the coverage from that, you know, that I, I think is what everyone hopes of. Like, that's why we got into this business, right? For me, it is, I got into this business because I love sports. I learned to love storytelling, but you get in because you want to be at those moments. You want to be at those games. You know, you want to cover those. You want to be behind the scenes. You want to be talking to the players and the coaches and all of that. At least that's that's what I got into it for. And I was a senior in high school in 05. And so, yeah, I lived that and, and you know, thought it was the coolest thing in the world that D. Brown and Darren Williams and Roger Powell and all those guys were, you know, that was my team, so to speak. And so you, you I think – we all have felt that at some point, and I think that's why most people get into sports, right? I mean, we all have a different reason why we do what we do, but, you know, for me, it's like, I want to be at those moments. I want to cover those teams. I want to be part of that in some form or fashion, providing coverage for our viewers. How do you guys feel? Like, what what was the reason, you know, or that you feel like you really fell in love with sports or wanted to get into this business? Yeah, I feel like the 05, 06 was maybe a good year for us guys, because that's when 2006, um, Miami Heat won the national championship and that was like the Shaquille O'Neal D. Wade era which is like what I have like very vivid memories of watching on TV like I think that's kind of when my sports you know um, fandom started uh, and in that yeah so like the 2005 like the early 2000s mid 2000s was <laughs> uh, maybe a pinnacle point for all of us it's for me, um, I wanted to be a coach, actually. I wanted to be a basketball coach and a teacher, but that's what my dad did. And my mom and dad kind of sat me down and was like, why don't you try something different? And my mom actually put the bug in my head to get into this because uh, she's like, oh, you watch this sports center. You can name who hit third for the St. Louis Cardinals in 1998 in, on May 2nd. She's like, you remember the most random stuff. Why don't you do this? So that's where I got into it and started having some fun and shooting video and turned into this. I wanted to be a news reporter way back when. Like in high school, I was um I was in our little uh, like TV kind of club and we just did like feature stories on students and like other 
a little thing. So, like, going into college, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I want to go, like, the news direction. Um, and then I did an audition for – oh, my gosh, my laptop almost just fell off me. Um, I did an audition for, like, the, the TV shows at our station, and I didn't get a spot on the news um, show, but I got one on the sports one, which I've always been interested in sports. I've always been an athlete my whole life, but it's just, like, interesting how my directions change. Now I'm glad I'm, I'm doing sports because we get to do the fun But I think initially I was, I was a news gal. Interesting. It's funny how our perspectives and moments change and shape you know, who we are and what decisions we made into all that. It's, it's fun. All right, well, we got to stop here on the 3 one podcast. i got an interview with Ayo Sumu coming up shortly here. I'll post that as well on the audio from that. I want to try doing that a little bit more as well from some interviews that we have. We can post those as audio, and you can check them out on the podcast here. But uh, it's been fun. Craig, did we miss anything? Marla, did we miss anything? Uh, all right, good talking. Adam Miller. Winning Mr. Basketball. Good talking. I would assume we declaring for the NBA draft. Good talking about high school as well. And, and I hate that we had to, you know, put a nail in that coffin, so to speak. But you know, I think we all felt that it was inevitable and it was coming soon. So you know, it's it's the sign of the times, and it is what it is. But you know, hopefully we can get back to normal at some point here in the new future. All right, you still got the same backgrounds up, guys. Tiger King. I still got Brad. All right, there's Brad. I just switched my back. I was on The Office there for a while. Oh, nice. Okay. I can relate to The Office. I can't really relate to Tiger King, but I, I can definitely get down with The Office, so I'm, I'm good with that. All right, guys. For Craig Schoet in his apartment, for Marley Weirda, zooming in from her apartment, I'm Brett here in the studio. Until next Friday, we'll do it again. This has been the WCIA 3-in-1 Podcast.